What's up, guys? Welcome back. Rain Yomi here for March episode of Talk Astrology Podcast. How are you doing tonight, Yomi? Pretty good. How's everyone doing today? I hope everybody's doing good. The Pisces Mercury vibe stuff is kind of pissing me off a little bit. It always does. But luckily, Pisces, uh, Mercury will only be in Pisces until I think the 18th of March. Thank goodness this year it's not retrograde. Oh my god. Do you notice how. How people are like, um, what's the word? Um, like in the, their heads in the clouds or they're like not paying attention or their reflexes are slow when Mercury's in Pisces. You ever notice that? It's like a drunk or a high feeling that's never going away. Yes. That's the only way I could describe it. And it drives me batshit because I don't know why it doesn't affect me. I mean, I'm sure it does to some, some level, but not the same way I see other people and like, if one more person runs into me w- looking at their phone when they're in the store, I'm going to lose it. Girl, you ain't lying. <laughs> drives you ain't me lying. absolutely batshit. I'm like, dude, get off your phone. Oh, man, it kills me. Anyway, so we're going to be focusing mainly on transit events today and doing some homework on different planets that are making some major moves. Uh, we don't really have a lot of... Uh, like current event themes going on, but let's go ahead and do our housekeeping. I've got the transits for March. So I know it's March 5th, but we're just going to go over the ones that have just happened the last couple of days just to, so everybody's on the same page. So on March 2nd, we had Venus conjunct Jupiter. This is a um, beneficial for social um, gatherings or communications, that sort of thing. March 2nd as well, we had Mercury semi-square, Chiron, and then we also had Mercury conjunct Saturn. This is rational thinking, logical thinking, concentration and focus, serious communications. That's pretty good. Then March 3rd, we have Venus conjunct Chiron. March 4th, we had Venus semi-square Saturn. And then March 5th, which is today, we have the Sun semi-square Pluto. And this one emphasizes... Uh, strong biological drives, issues with power that may be uncomfortable, competition, unconscious, un- unconscious behaviors, um, tensions, jealousies, issues with trust. Then we go into March 6th. We have a couple aspects. Mars semi-square Black Moon Lilith, as well as Sun sextile Uranus, and Mercury Quincunx Black Moon Lilith as well. And then we have Mercury sextile the North Node. And this is, again, emphasizing on communication. Um, and once we're going into March 6th, March 5th and March 6th, we have that Pisces uh, Mercury. So although people are going to be feeling the urge to communicate, don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, anticipate it's going to be constructive. <laughs> just, that or just be wary of the information and the source that it comes from. It may not be accurate. Right. I always forget about that. That's totally true, Yomi. Yep. So deception going on. So I saw somebody uh, talk about that on Facebook today, too. Totally forgot about that. Yeah. Um, this is the perfect time for people to just be like spreading rumors or, uh, you know, those people that like to make up stories in their tweets just to see if they can get clicks and stuff. Totally happening yeah. now. So that could be happening from here till, you know, pretty much Aries season. 
Oh, yeah. I even see it as the media also being deceptive. So basically, if whatever the media is reporting, take it with a grain of salt, more than likely it's the complete opposite. Right. So what I'm seeing, what I've been seeing recently, too, is uh, Trump just went and did the CPAC or whatever. And like there's all there's the poll that came out of the CPAC thing that says that Trump is like, I think with the CPAC polls, he's something like in the 40s or 50s for would he be the nominee? And DeSantis is only like in the 20s and everybody else is in like single digits. But then there's all these quote unquote rhinos coming out for like MSNBC or NBC and all that saying that Trump will never be the nominee. I'm like, God, that sounds exactly like 2016, doesn't it? Yes, it does. They just don't – you think they would just, like, give it up at this point? I know, like, the majority of the population is kind of dumbed down or doesn't care, but just, like, you think that they would, like, have some shame or something? I don't know. Like, go out another way. I mean, unless 2016 was a preview of 2024 and the revolution. Yes. I did post about that on my Facebook earlier. Yeah, I didn't even see that. I did not even see that. Yeah, and you know, my original prediction, too, in 2016, right when Trump was, like, coming down the escalator and all that jazz yeah. and all that happened, you know, I looked at his chart, I looked at his solar progression chart for when he had that speech, when he was the nominee, and then when he won the election, and I said, this is just the beginning, like, this is, like, Trump's calling, like, granted, he's, like, 80, 80 plus years old now, but, like, this is, like, what he was born to do, which... absolutely. Is probably why his health is so great, and he still eats McDonald's. <laughs> right, and another thing too to keep in mind: I believe he was born during World War II. Yes, he or was. right before that. So, I mean, yep. we we have you have one side of the energy that we've seen that's in power. Yep. Which, which really fascinating to see, and I'm just going to add this little tidbit here. Uh, watching my World War II docs that my husband likes to watch before bed. Um, they're talking about how they took German soldiers that were POWs and shipped them to Canada and the United States to basically work in the fields because at that time the black people and the slaves or, you know, worked or went out to fight in the war. Right. And that's, you know, an interesting little concept. I mean, I'm pretty sure we were taught about that, but just to kind of hear it again was pretty mind blowing. I don't remember that exactly, but, you know. I, I don't either, but it was pretty, I was like, this is exactly how this mentality has come to be today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Keeping track of the the aspects we're, go, we're going through. Uh, March 7th, we're still seeing a Mercury semi-square Eris. Then the 8th, we have the North Node, tra- um, North Node squaring Black Moon Lilith. My my software said transiting, and I'm like, transiting what? <laughs> anyway, um, March 11th, Mercury semi-square Pluto, mental intensity going on. Uh, then we also have Venus sextile Mars, healthy passions, physical attractions, strenuous, strenuous enjoyment, um, creating art or decoration. Uh, Pisces season's a really good time for, you know, not necessarily logical thinking, but like creative pursuits. So if you feel a little foggy for the next couple weeks, just go, go do an art class or painting or something like that. That's what I gotta do. I get angry at all the people not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Mercury sextile, uh, Uranus on the 11th as well. 
experimental attitudes, um, intensity of mind, also radical views. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if like people were like conspiracies. Conspiracies are notorious. I'm not saying there are conspiracies, but you know, people get these intuitive flashes in Aquarius and, and Pisces season. And it's more of like picking up on spiritual wavelengths and all that. Like something isn't right. So I, I wouldn't, you know, when some people come out of the woodworks and say some really outlandish things around this time frame, as much as, yes, take it with a grain of salt, don't be afraid to dig for evidence. Because, yeah, some people will be deceiving you, but on the other hand, there might be some really intuitive, important, like, ideas coming out or that that would, wouldn't uh, necessarily be a bad idea to look at it thoroughly. Then uh, we have Venus conjunct Eris. So we got a lot of Aries going on there, I'm gathering. Um, March 12th, we have Jupiter conjunct Chiron. It says this is a profound time for healing and to t- lay to rest painful memories which have haunted you. Then March 12th, again, we have Sun semi-square North Node. It's a necessity to cooperate with others, forced adjustments in situations, schedule pressure, dealings and families. So... One thing I'm thinking politically when I'm seeing this, because it says questions of leadership and authority. I I know that there's like this mutiny going on within the GOP um, house. But did you notice recently that there because of that guy from from Pennsylvania, Fetterman, since he's like in the hospital or potentially maybe brain dead rumors are are flying around about that. Yeah, I heard about that. what is the guy? What are the two two Democratic senators that are like going rogue? Is it um, he's from Virginia? What is his name? Uh, I'm a brain fart. You know uh, who I'm talking about? Mansion. Yes, there we go. Okay, yeah. So he's he's voting with the Republican side on some things, like the um, the sa- trying to save the Social Security funds. I guess they just uh-huh. did, the Senate just passed a vote on that. Did you see that? The yes, thing, I did to stop that. So, so there's a lot of, uh, cooperation, I guess it's going to be going on during this time frame, And it's going to have to do with a lot of self undoing themes because Pisces rules the 12th house of self undoing. So I'm seeing like mid March that there's going to be a continuation of cooperation with them and, or mutiny within the, within the, uh, the GOP party, which, and it goes back to what they're they're talking trash about Trump that he'll never be the nominee kind of thing. So we're definitely going to be seeing who are the hardcore rhinos right now, and who are the people that are willing to jump onto the MAGA bandwagon. Because I do think that there are some substantial GOP representatives, even that have been like traditional quote unquote deep state or you know have been uh, career politicians mm-hmm. that are willing to do the right thing if they're not the one that has to take the fall for it. You know what I mean? So, like, if the MAGA revolting uh, new GOP elected representatives say, this is how we're doing it, and you're going to do it, whether we like it or not, we're just going to hold the entire House uh, Cong- Congressional House hostage. There are some of those those people that would like to do the right thing, but they're but they're bought out, or they're afraid to to do it because of the retaliation behind the scenes they're going to get. But if they don't have to be the person wearing the target on their back and they're like, yeah, okay, I guess I'll do the right thing. So I think that we'll be seeing more of like the peer pressure going on as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, then, I agree with you there. Yeah. And then we have Sun Semi Square, Black Moon Lilith. And finishing up 
the 12th of March, we have Mars sextile Eris. Then the 14th, we have Mercury semi-square the North Node. And we also have Mars square Neptune. So we've, we've talked about Mars square Neptune before. So a deception with motives. And this could be, cause that's still going to be, uh, Mars and Gemini too. So, um, this could also be something to do with like the Ukraine, uh, Russia conflict. This, there could be some sort of, Headline that comes up with war or something like that around this time. So this is going to be March 14th, just because of that emphasis with Mars. The 15th, we have Mercury Sessa Square, Blackman Lilith, as well as the Sun conjunct Neptune. So people will be out of it even more on the 15th than they already are. <laughs> uh, Mercury conjunct uh, Neptune. So people will really be out of it the 15th 16th and 17th uh on the 16th we still have sun square mars and then we have venus square pluto so a lot of conflict going on that day as well so misunderstandings delusional ideas perceptions paranoia and then it resulting in people getting in fights or or arguing with each other that sort of thing on the 17th, we have Mercury square Mars, more fighting, uh, Sun conjunct Mercury. Again, more of the delusion going on there at the, at the end of the Pisces season. We have Venus sextile Saturn. And oops, we also have Mercury sextile Pluto. Um, Mercury semi square Uranus on the 19th for the 20th. We have Sun sextile Pluto. Going into Aries season, we have Jupiter Saturn, as well as Venus conjunct the North Node. March 22nd, we have Sun semi-square Uranus. 23rd, we have Mercury trine Black Moon Lilith, as well as Venus squaring Black Moon Lilith. Then the 25th, we have Mars quincunx Pluto. And then Venus semi-square Neptune. The 26th, we have Mercury conjunct Chiron. And then we also have Mercury semi-square Saturn. The 28th, we have Mercury conjunct Jupiter. And Mars semi-square Uranus. The 29th, we have Sun trine Black Moon Lilith. The 30th, we have Mars trine Saturn. As well as Venus conjunct Uranus. And Mercury conjunct Eris. And that finishes up March. So from, from what I'm seeing, there's going to be a lot of confusion, a lot of deception, a lot of argumentative kind of vibes going on this mm-hmm. month. Um, leading into Aries season, conflicts, that sort of thing. I wouldn't be surprised with some of the, like there's the aspect with Saturn to, to Jupiter. Uh, this, it says, during this transit, you may have difficulty striking a balance between your own personal goals and responsibilities. The emphasis on Jupiter being associated with foreign associations. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some squabbling uh, with international, uh, you know, um, I, I guess dynamics going on with Russia or Ukraine or something like that. Uh, a lot 
I don't know exactly. Do you do you know what else is going on right now um, with the with the uh, Ukraine Russia thing? Like, is there like the narrative going on in the news right now? Are they still um, like? So I did hear something a few funding. Did, uh, funding. We're still giving the money. I believe our Treasury Secretary met with him this past week, gave him another billion dollars of our money. This is after Biden showed up there. And gave them money. Now, one thing that's been circulating that I've heard two very different stories on the matter, but I'm kind of leaning towards um, the latter. And I'll say this. it's There are stories coming out that Zelensky is saying that he wants American sons and daughters to go fight for Ukraine. I saw that. I thought Thanks. that was a joke. Mainstream media, however, is immediately jumped on the story saying everyone's taking it out of context. Now, one thing that's also being reported is that Russia is kicking ass in the Ukraine. Um, oh, I'm sure they are. I saw video this week of a, a Russian military guy basically, you know, killing a Ukrainian soldier, taking, I guess, the patches or whatever it is that they wore the uniform put it on, went into a trench, a Ukrainian trench, was surrounded by Ukrainians who at first were very confused and then tried to attack the guy. And the guy just, you know, I'll just put it, you know, Call of Duty style, just went to town in a trench and killed everyone. Got got out the trench, went into another one, did the same thing. Like, these Russians aren't playing. So I'm inclined yeah, to really think. Russian troops. Exactly. So I'm really inclined to think that this thing that they're claiming we got out of context is probably true. Yeah, yeah, especially with the deception going on, because yeah, uh, Mercury exactly. Heights has been going on for at least at least a few days now. Yeah. yeah, and then obviously we've been into the Pisces season. Oh my goodness! Another thing I wanted to note, and just a disclaimer, guys, I'm not a financial astrologer, so please do not try to come to me and ask me about stocks, but. I am aware that when there are asks between Venus and Saturn, there's uh, problems going on with the stocks. So you know, a loss and uh, like the Dow will go down or I don't, I don't follow the stocks. So I'm not going to pretend I know what I'm talking about, but the general, the general, like uh, I guess stocks that people watch will be going down or, or there'll be some sort of losses going on with that. That'll continue on throughout the Pisces season. Just because I see the, the, um, Venus semi-square Saturn, and then I go and look at Venus conjunct Eris disruptions, because um, Venus is associated with money, guys. That's where I get that from. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing huge, like massive losses or anything like that, but, like, stocks will be weird. I thought I'd just mention that because I thought about that earlier. But um, other than that, I can pull up the chart for the beginning of March. Um, the March chart we have, uh, for the start of the month, we have, uh, fixed signs on the angles. Actually, no, we don't. Okay. Okay. It was almost, it was almost Scorpio rising, but it, it's, uh, then we have Pisces in the fourth house. Then we've got Gemini in the seventh house. And then we've got Virgo on the edge of the, the 10th house. So, Never mind. Um, it's it's actually mutable crux right there. So uh, unstable, fluid, that kind of thing. That's how this this uh, month is gonna go. We have a huge stellum of Aries in the fifth house. 
we are almost at a Eris Curon conjunction there. Um, here, I don't know if, let me give you this chart, Yomi. I forgot to give this to you. Oh, it's fine. I was checking on Luna to see how to, what time you had, and I was going to pull it up with that. There you go. I just used zero, uh, like, like whatever, zero time, zero a.m., um, just to see what the general chart looks like. Um, so. All right, there we go. We got, a lot, we got some plans in the, yeah, we got some plans in the eighth house, as well as the twelfth house. Um, so the eighth house is a self secret, so. That's the country, uh, and state specifically when we're at, um, keeping some sort of secrets and, um, the conspiracies of the secrets involved would be involved with that trine to the, the note, the stock node and Poseidon in the 12th house. So what that actually insinuates is that they're, they're trying to cover up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was seeing too. I also seeing um them continue to cover up the poisoning thing going on, whatever that means. I don't know if that's still associated with Ohio or anything like that. I'm sure Ohio's not doing that great. Well there was but, another uh, derailment yeah. yesterday. Of course there is. And I I saw some I saw some people on social media saying that like that is a state that's GOP run by the governor, by this, by that, and these train derailments are happening. I'm like, but the secretary for like the trans the trains are like a federal thing, just like the the interstates are a federal thing, and yeah. so it's supposed to be the federal government that keeps those uh you know updated, not the local government. So I'm like yes, oh and that's why the rail workers had a strike. They weren't just striking for better benefits and better pay. The infrastructure of these railroads is de- it's deteriorating, and they haven't been worked on. Now, they've been trying to get that type of help for a very long time, and basically Biden put their feet to the fire and said, you're going to take this deal, whatever deal we give you, and that's that. So this is a result of his policies directly, I feel. Oh, yeah, yeah, because that was one of the things that Trump was saying when he he was, you know, uh, going for his re-election 2020, Mm -hmm. that his next goal for the country was to finish the wall, and to to um, update infrastructure. Yeah. And then Biden said, well, I'm going to do that, too. You know, the infrastructure and he, that never happened. And nope. I, I do see again. So when we're looking at some of those planets in the eighth house, we do have that aspect to Mercury and Saturn down there. And that's in the third house of transportation and it being an Aquarius as a trauma signature or something being abnormal. So. It does have – there is something going on with the transportation sector. It's as if they're letting it happen on purpose, and I don't understand – I really don't understand their logic in this. Like, well, what is the point of letting it all go to shit on their watch? I don't know, but I have the saving symbols pulled up for um, Saturn and for Capricorn. I'm sorry, Pluto going in, going into their signs. Getting it to um, all right, so I'm going to give you Saturn since we're talking about infrastructure, and it just made my light bulb go off. So Aquarius at the 30th degree, which would be zero degree of Pisces, is moonlit fields once Babylon are blooming white. The symbol shows learning from the past, possibly great civilizations like Babylon and taking the seeds from the past and making even greater achievements in your own time and place. Even though the grandeur of the past may be lost, changed, or damaged by war or time, the energy and power remains. 
This symbol reflects the permanence of the natural essence of a place, a person, an idea, or a civilization. You may feel that you are in the right place at the right time. Your best qualities are recognized and appreciated when you are following a true path. You're able to rely on the support of the universe in its flow. Rewards coming from efforts of past generations, ancestors surrounding, seeds of the past becoming fruits of the present, the Middle East, fruits of culture and artifacts. Destroying ancient lands or monuments and the old through religious beliefs or greed. Projecting the sins of the world onto people or places that are foreign. Wow. That is a lot. That is <laughs> some intense shit there. Yeah. That's the Saturn I like energy gonna that's going to hit all this yeah. right now. That, that's the theme. And you, you get it too when uh, medieval astrology a lot too for symbolism. So when I look at Aquarius, uh, Aquarius was ruled by Saturn as well. Before, uh, obviously, Uranus was, was put into the mix. Yeah. So think about it when Pluto when Pluto goes into Aquarius, we're going to be having a continuation of the Saturn energy manifesting through Pluto. But there's like it's it's when you look at the duality of Aquarius versus Capricorn, uh, the the restriction or the deterioration or the testing of structures and and of government and all that is the Capricorn side. The let's go ahead and, you know, uh, gut it and then make it anew. The make it a new part is the Aquarius side. Oh, yeah. So, because it is fact, about breaking the rules and, and justice and freedom at the end of the day. Reinvention. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, let me read a book. Now that we're talking about this. It's My Astrological Transits by April Elliot Kent. And I just thought I would jump in the Saturn and Pluto stuff right um, while we're talking about it. So this book has uh, referencing Pluto and Aquarius. The last time that Pluto was in Aquarius was 1778, guys. So as history buffs will remember, the revolution, quote-unquote, or the signing of the Declaration of Independence and all that started in 1776. But that was when... We officially, like, won the war with against Britain, and then we basically established ourselves, like, we are allowed to do whatever we want, but now what? So the the uh, building of infrastructure, it's obviously it was way too early for that kind of stuff, but, like, the building of the colonies was going on, um, the establishment of press, like, the newsprints were happening then, and the communities were kind of, like, uh, solidifying and making some sort of structure for the time frame that they were in. So we're going to be going through that again. So with all this stuff deteriorating, whether we look at the logical like choices of the, the political party in power right now or the deep state just letting it all go to shit, it, even if we don't understand, or like for me uh, uh, personally, if I don't know why the hell they let it happen, that it had to happen one way or another. So... I guess I could be kind of grateful that it just happened due to neglect as opposed to some sort of catastrophic thing like going on in Turkey right now, that sort of stuff. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Pluto and Aquarius be in that sign from 2023 to 2044. And this book says the last transit of Pluto and Aquarius corresponded with the war for American independence and its establishment as a republic. And the era ended 
uh, this era ended the French Revolution as well. It seems likely that the next Pluto and Aquarius transit will find nations in rebellion and transition as well. After the Capricorn transit, seemingly destined to deconstruct existing sociological structures, it will be the time to re society. It says six signs is you know your sun your sun sign or your rising sign if you want to attribute to that. Um, reality checks for all Aquarius, Taurus, and Leo and Scorpios. Empowering for Gemini's and Libras, and deep insights for Aries and Sagittarius. You're a Taurus. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think is going to be your uh, reality check? I mean, for the next uh, 19 years. <laughs> Work. <laughs> Basically, for me, it's and, and and in honesty, I've been feeling it now for for a week now. It's the the struggle between not wanting to work anymore and knowing that I have to continue to work. Yeah. A lot of our generation feels like that too. It, it's that reality we, check we where it's like, hold up. My goal was 10 years. I'm not going on 13 years that I've been working and I don't see an end in sight. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm actually really happy that I I'll get a break because I'm since I'm cardinal I've been like having a, I it's been rough this you know Pluto and Capricorn time oh, yeah. for me I'm like oh my god the square right, right to my son was a nightmare but at the I mean, same I would time say that though was way- uh huh go ahead go ahead I'm sorry at the same time though I think that if those of us that have already identified what that is that we need to work on those of us that are in those fixed energies if we know already and we're and we already know okay we have to dig our heels in and just do the work right we just have to work through the fog through the piscean illusion and figure out how to filter through it all to get to the other side Maybe if we're like, if Pluto and, and Aquarius is supposed to be about reinventing, you're gonna, maybe you're gonna realize that there's, there's something that you can do. Like you can be an entrepreneur in something or. Oh yeah. You Absolutely. Could build up your own business or something like that. Like, I, you know, cause I mean, 19 years is a long time. It is. You know, it, it's never too late. I mean, look at Trump. Look at that. Like, you know, he completely changed his whole career and he when he was in his 70s. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. It's no well, see, I have, anyway. <laughs> I have two air signs in my life that it's like all of a sudden it's like they're, let's say, you know, life is his, has given them a, a blessing and now they're just flying with it. And they're spreading their wings. And it's really cool to see the positivity in some of these air signs that they're seeing. That's yeah. Is that your uh, your and your and your man? No, actually, it's my my two boys. My and it's it's nuts. My youngest bought his first car. He's only fifteen nice. years old. Still doesn't have a license. Now he's got to fix the car still, get it tagged and insured and on the road. But he has a car, which is nice. more than I ever had at his age. Now my oldest boy, same thing. Next month he's gonna have his car. And it's like both of them are like just flourishing at this point and and growing in in so many ways in a short period of time. It's really cool to witness. What what Pluto or, uh, were they born? Um, 
Nicholas was 2002. So I want to say Sag. That's Sagittarius. And then I think my youngest also was Pluto Sag getting into Capricorn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was right at the end of Sag going into Capricorn, I believe. Yeah. So they're Gen Z. Like Gen Gen Z's have to be that one, uh, that one generation that like pulls us through the mud. Yeah. I I feel like the coattails of Gen X into millennials are like the spoiled ones that, you know, are just like right in the coattails of, you know, everything being all that and then we're just kind of like in denial about how shitty everything's getting while yeah. the Gen Z kids are looking at like this life is going to be hard I better start working my ass off yeah yeah because they see how hard we it's, work but you're right it's good we're all for them chasing, yeah thank you no but it's like you said we're all chasing this illusion trying to get somewhere and we're like oh it'll be fine It'll be fine. Well, the reality is at the end of the day, once we hit those ages where we get ready to retire, we're look at it now. It's going to be a lot worse. Oh, yeah. I think that kind of my family's kind of setting a precedent for something that's going to happen again. I know that other cultures that does this as well. I just think the multi-family communal housing is going to continue to be a thing because yeah. I don't think like. If if our generation even lives to retirement, because I'm kind of skeptical that I'm not saying some of us won't, but a lot of Pluto Scorpio people are going to die young, yeah, for, for one way or another. But uh, if we even make it to retirement age, there's no way that we're going to have the money to put ourselves in like retirement homes in those little cushy like senior living places where they play like Yahtzee and bingo at lunch. No, there's no way. <laughs> so no, this is your last we're gonna call. Be, we're going to be shacking up. Yeah. yeah, it's the boomers that got that. That's the Leo Pluto people that that got the lap of luxury bag kind of stuff. We're gonna be living with our our kids. Pretty much, I mean, really, be, be wiping our butts. Yeah, I mean, this is really the last call. I mean, me personally, the reason I you know have a house is when I get ready to retire. This is what I'm gonna have to sell to retire, and yeah. hopefully, it's worth something yeah. by the time I retire. Right. Right. Yeah, I don't even I don't even care to pay into my four hundred one k or anything like that. I'm like, why am I gonna do that? I'm just giving money to give so I can give it to Ukraine, or give it to like all these blue haired people that think they need to go on disability. They think that they have like five genders and one of them's like a different personality or something like that. Yup, absolutely. Like, Man. <laughs> it's crazy. Very. <laughs> so let me live. Let's get back on track, kind of. So I have Saturn in Pisces from my book as well. It says, transiting Saturn in Pisces. Remember when you were a kid and your mother overheard you saying something nasty about someone? Hopefully she made you realize the value of empathy, encouraging you to stand a while in another person's shoes before judging them. So it goes, so it goes while Saturn is transiting through Pisces, the sign of the underdog. I've never heard it like that before, have you? The sign of the no. underdog? That's like that's like a new one for me. As adults, we are judged, and rightly so, by how we treat those who are smaller or weaker than we are. And here's the not-so-well-kept secret. Judge others based on our own fears and inadequacies. Projection, yeah. If you ridicule people based on their clothing, their color, their weight, their sexual orientation, or the car they drive, you're, you're an insecure mess. You're seeking a scapegoat. 
While in Pisces, Saturn intends to put an end to such nonsense. Grown-ups are kind to others for the for the uh, for that. They know when to give themselves a break, too. Most challenging for all mutable signs, so Pisces, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius. Earned rewards for Cancers and Scorpios. Advanced opportunities for Taurus and Capricorns. Last time that Saturn was in Pisces. Yeah, I know, right? Look at that. (laughs) Last time Saturn was in Pisces was... March 1964 to 1967, May 1993 to 1996, and then it will be from March 2023 to February 2026. And you said you had some history on um, Saturn and Pisces. Do you want to lay that on us? Yeah, so Saturn and Pisces. I went digging back into the past, into the 90s. I'm a 90s kid, so I love the 90s. Me too. Um, anyway, so I looked up, like, what was cool, what was in, what the style was, just to give us an idea of kind of what we're going to be seeing. And based on what everything I've been seeing on this list, y'all, we've been seeing quite a bit of it already. So, in the news, we did see a bombing at the World Trade Center in the parking garage. That was the first of the two bombings that were done there. When the Well, not the bombings, but... The first bomb, first was the bombing, and then, of course, was 9-11 a few years later. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. What else did we have? We also had the Storm of the Century, which was also called the No-Name Storm. It was the 93 Superstorm and the Great Blizzard of 93. It formed on the Gulf of Mexico, and it stretched all the way up into Canada. It included heavy snow, the loss of electric power for millions of households, and more than 200 deaths. Now, for fashion, um, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen were the trendsetters for young people's fashion. I know I was obsessed with those things. Um, Nirvana <laughs> and Pearl Jam were the role Nirvana. models at the time. Grunge was all the rage. Large cotton yes, t-shirts was. were... Also, all the rage with a button-up shirt and jeans. Let's see what else. Let me go to 94. So while you think about that, while I was thinking about that, too. So we just had that huge, massive storm in California, right? It's like yeah. it's, it, it's something we haven't seen before. There was like, I think they got 80 inches of snow. There's people buried in their houses out in, like, the California right now. I'm like, holy yeah. crap. I mean, even, even my aunt just drove back from Los Angeles to northern Nevada. She said she had to cut all the way through Nevada to go up north because she couldn't even go through California because there's avalanche danger. And I was thinking, well, if that's a Pisces signature, but then I thought about the procession of the equinoxes. You know what that is. Yeah. Where the, yeah, the, we're slowly going from, you know, a cardinal act to access. So mm-hmm. if it's off by a couple of degrees before we go into uh, Pisces for Saturn, it would be synchronistic with that storm. I wonder. I wonder if Theodore White knows that. If that's that's one of his uh, signatures he used to predict uh, catastrophic snowstorms or whatever. Is he recently put up a but post anyway, about it? Right. That's what I was thinking too. And you're saying something about ni- 1994? Yeah, 94. Um, Green Day was all the rage as well, as was the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Nine Inch Nails. Um, in April of 1994, Kurt Cobain shot himself. That was the, that was when he died. 
Um, the yeah. Offspring released their first album. I remember them, man. That was cool. Um, I was a nineties kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. That event happened in ninety four. Isn't it like she attacked somebody else or something? Yes. It was her her friends, including her then-husband, tried to hurt Nancy Kerrigan's kneecaps during the championship. Oh, my God. That's so messed up. Oh, all that. I don't know who watched that show with like I did in the 90s. That was also. I did. Okay, so I that did. was, that premiered in 94. The X-Files came out in 1993. Now, that's really oh, interesting yes. to hear the X-Files because lately, now with Saturn going in Pisces, we've been hearing a lot about UFOs. Oh, my God, dude. I've seen that. Too. Well, besides besides the obviously quote-unquote UFOs like the Chinese balloon and stuff like that, but I have seen so many headlines this week about saying that people are seeing two UFOs next to each other in the sky. I'm like, those are not UFOs. Those are planets, fool. Yes. I can't believe it. Like, I looked outside, and I knew, I was like, that's a planet. Bah, put yes. my ass up. Well, see, I always know, I, I always know about Venus, because if you um, look at the mythology with Venus associated with Lucifer and all that, so the sun is supposed to be God or whatever, right? And then, uh-huh. so Lucifer falling away from heaven or God is when the sun sets, and you still see Venus, like, going off on its own. So Venus is so close to the sun that you can, during the daytime, when the sun is up, you can't see Venus. But when the sun is setting, you see Venus up in the sky. So that's where the mythology comes from, that Lucifer, a.k.a. Venus, broke away from God and fell to Earth. And that's where you see Venus in the sky after the sun sets. So I'm already aware of that. So, like, I see, I, I think it was, like, a week or two ago, uh-huh. No, maybe not two weeks ago. Like a week ago, I was outside driving around, and I saw Venus because the sun was setting, and then I saw something really bright next to it, and I'm all like thinking, like, what, what the hell, what the hell is next to Venus right now? And I'm like thinking, like in my head, like, oh, having a brain fart. What planet is it? Is it Mars? No. And I'm like, uh, and then I'm like, oh, Jupiter. Duh. Yeah. So I, I was like, yeah. So Jupiter and Venus are out there, which uh, that's supposed to be a good luck signature, guys. And actually, as of the first of March, they were exactly aligned at 11 degrees. Venus wow. and Jupiter. That is cool. People say that you're supposed to make a wish. Yeah. I don't know if that actually works, but, you know. I, I don't know. Doesn't I've hurt. never tried it. Doesn't. I know. It does not hurt. <laughs> but, yeah. So, like, I've seen, oh, my God, I've seen so many articles that say, like, Nevadans are looking up and see, wondering what those UFOs are. It's like, they're not UFOs. They're planets. They're planets, fool. Oh, man. (laughs) The IQ level is just really going south for this country. Like, no, I don't think it's just this country. I think in general, I'm just like, oh, my God. But hopefully in a couple couple of decades, that'll change with homeschooling. Let's hope. I hope so. I mean, right now I just see news recycling the same stories over and over. Yeah, because I got nothing better to do, and that's all yeah. they do. Yeah, that's all they're doing. That's stupid. Oh my god. Anyway, so um, did you have any other history on on uh, Saturn and Pisces or Saturn and Pisces? Let me get my notes up here. 
All right. So Saturn in Saturn asks us to enlarge and encompass more, but we can feel frightened when our boundaries lose solidity. We can feel destabilized by a lack of control and overwhelmed by chaos. At its most extreme, this Saturn in Pisces transit gives a, gives rise to a sort of madness and unleashes disturbance, disturbances that temporarily seize the collective. All sense of proportion can be lost in a wave of destruction fueled by false notions of the other. Pretty much, it's like I said earlier, it's about knowing if you can identify where the chaos is coming in and when you see it, it's about maintaining that control within the chaos and the fog that you see. Totally. And so I'm a huge, like, Saturn fan, so I'm really obsessed with it for um so my associations with Saturn is that Saturn is the teacher, it's the judgment, it's the judge, and it's a, and it's the one that tests you. So when mm-hmm. Saturn goes into a new sign, like everybody who has um, like a, 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 a significant dominant uh, uh, of Pisces in their chart or their Pisces sun or whatever, um, they're going to be going through a huge test, especially – those who are Pisces sun specifically depression or feeling discouraged from their, from what they're doing with their lives at this moment will happen. Also, we have Neptune in Pisces for the longest time now that has been the signature that has caused a lot of delusion throughout culture and society and everything and, and have this huge disconnect with reality. So Saturn is the epitome of reality. So when, when Saturn's going into Pisces, it's just like big letters, reality check on a massive scale, not just for Pisces dominant people, but all mutable signs as well. It's going to be a huge reality check for the collective. And this is something that I've actually, I didn't fix it so much on the Saturn Pisces thing, but correlating with it uh, happening when Pluto goes into Aquarius, I've been waiting for this because you know, once once Neptune wraps its thing up in Pisces and it goes into Aries, I feel like sanity is going to come back a little bit more. Not saying that the crazy people are not are going to just go away or be fixed because that's never been a thing. Mm-hmm. There's always been crazy people out there, but the perpetuation of enabling the craziness, like the trends on TikTok and stuff, mm-hmm. where people are self-diagnosing themselves with disorders and all that shit. The social contagion will finally start to stop. And what it's going to be is the counterculture, like Ben Shapiro talks about sometimes, how that we have to build a counterculture to the liberal machine, that they're the ones that are enabling and, and encouraging the madness and the hysteria and the mental illness. And it's just going to have to be traditional Saturnian-type people that are fixated in reality, that are grounded, that want structure, that are going to have to come in and say, we do not want you building society. We've let you take the reins for a little bit, and there's no way that we're going to let this continue to happen. And the cool thing with Pluto going into Aquarius is that we have this rebellion signature coming, and so that means that the collective is going to start rebelling against the authority or the status quo. So we look at everything that the mainstream media, that the that the government or, you know, sociological trends that are being pushed, all that's going to be rejected when this happens. So the Saturn going into Pisces, testing the delusion, and basically people going to other 
that, you know, going up to people that are being crazy and saying, you know, we're not hiring your ass because you put they, them pronouns on your thing because you're going to cause all kinds of upsets in the work, work, uh, you know, environment. And we just don't want any of that mental gymnastics going on here. That's going to start happening. And it is happening. Uh, MSNBC even posted an article that there's some sort of poll coming out with employers saying that if they see they, them pronouns or weird pronouns on your resume, they instantly throw it in the garbage. I'm like, yeah, because they know exactly what comes with that if they hire them. Yeah. They're they're gonna get all kinds they're gonna get all kinds of like conflict with coworkers and peers. They're gonna have all these people demanding special privileges. They're, oh yeah, and and all this kind of stuff. And they don't want to deal with that childish nonsense. So that's that's where Saturn's coming in and being the authoritarian yeah. and being and it's like saying Neptune, you're about to get your ass whooped. So that's what this great thing about Saturn going into Pisces is is like basically Saturn just emulating symbolically being the father that's coming out with the belt. And I don't care what anybody thinks about that. I, 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 you know, I'm not into that whole being hands off, you know, let the kids raise themselves kind of thing. Like Hell sometimes, no. sometimes, sometimes the belt needs to be needed and that's symbolically what's going to be happening. Saturn's going to come in and say, bend your ass over Neptune. I'm done with your shit. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's the collective saying no more. This is not what it's going to be like. Yeah, and I'm so glad that this is happening right as Pluto's going into Aquarius because as we're seeing, Pluto and Aquarius is going to be reinventing and restructuring society. So Saturn is also the timekeeper and also it's one of the one of the planets that sets traditions in culture in in society in general. So we're going to be looking at Jupiter's dignity as well as Saturn for how Pluto in Aquarius is going to rebuild society. So we have Jupiter in Aries right now that's pioneering, that's in innovative leadership. They're willing to be masculine, which is another thing that we're really missing in society right now. We're starting you know, to see that, though. Right. So as we're seeing this Pluto and Aquarius go into that, then we see Saturn coming in to whoop Neptune's ass. Then we're going to be led forth by Jupiter saying, Dude, we gotta we gotta bring back the masculinity. We gotta bring back the leadership. We gotta bring back the confidence. Like we we have to do this. And the, and the closer that Jupiter gets to Eris at 24 degrees, we're gonna be seeing more of that masculine rise, rebelling against this crazy, you know, Neptunian shit going on. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, I'm, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this, and it'll just get better once Neptune goes into Aries. Granted, when Neptune goes into Aries, it's going to be a lot, it's going to feel like it's like Aries season all the time. A lot of conflict. I mean, but conflict's not necessarily always bad, as long as it doesn't turn violent, right? So I, I wouldn't necessarily be concerned too much about it being violent until maybe Neptune conjuncts Eris, but that will take years to do that. But what about the last degrees of the Zodiac, Ray? Aren't those the most intense? Pisces yeah. at 29? Yeah. Yeah, so what's going to be happening is, um, so all these people are going to be saying, dude, we're not dealing with your crazy shit anymore. But do you see what happens like when conservative individuals go on to, like, liberal campuses and mm -hmm. tell these people to their face that they're crazy? They get yeah. even more insane. So that's part of, like, the early um, foreshadowing of the, the Neptune and Aries conflict going on. Because it's going to basically the batshit people versus the realistic people really going at it. Because the realistic people have finally had it. They can't do it anymore. 
So it's it's there. We basically the the realistic people are going to have to take it up to the same level of intensity as the batshit Neptune people have been doing. And that's basically what it's going to have to come down to. So, yes, it'll probably get really nasty. Um, yes, they're going to be even more irate and screaming crazy towards the end of the, the Neptune and uh, Pisces transit thing. So I would definitely say the insanity is going to hit the highest level it possibly can. But we're going to have that retaliating force of reality coming back, too. So that's where all this... Um, this potential conflict kind of energy and it feeling like every season every day is going to be happening, but damn, it's gotta, it's gotta happen because as, as we can tell, you know, just letting the Neptunian people do whatever they want to make them happy. It's not actually like letting them, you know, coexist and do their own little thing. They're now pushing it on us, (coughs) which again, Neptune and Pisces is associated with Karl Marx. So, sorry, I got a cough. <coughs> um, so, uh, basically, you know, Karl Marx goes off and, and tries to say, well, communism is so everybody can have a share. But then it just turns into, you're going to give me all your shit. So, it's it's not really the whole utopian, like, all-in-one inclusive and we care about everybody because that's not how human nature is. We're animals first and foremost, and we're competitive. <laughs> so for us to try to pretend that like we can, we can create this utopian society and we can share all this stuff, that, that's basically like the same concept of the, the light workers saying, it's all love and light, there's no bad stuff. And the lo- the light workers that are like that, they are the nastiest behind the scenes when they think that nobody's watching. And then they go, oh, I fucking hate this person. I hope they die. Like that kind of stuff. Like because they're suppressing the shadow side of themselves. Same thing happens when they try to say, oh, well, everybody can share everything and nobody needs something more than anyone because that mentality doesn't come from fairness. It comes from envy. These people, if they were in the same shoes of like the guy who runs, I forget what his name is, the guy who runs Amazon. I, I uh-huh. see people I see people bitch about that all the time. They're like, he has so much money that if he gave everybody this much money, then there would be no hunger in the world. And I'm like, yeah, but if you were in his shoes, you wouldn't give up the money either. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. So it's not even like it's talking out of a good Samaritan or you know us all being one and being taken care of thing. It's it's some sort of, you know, uh, facade of virtue signaling being a good person, but deep down it's caused by jealousy and envy. And that's where people need to really understand that, uh, you know, we're primal people. We're, we're animals. We are not built like that. Just because we're consciously evolved doesn't mean that we're still not like that. So we're always going to look out for ourselves. We're always going to look out for our families. And that's another thing with the Pluto Aquarius signature going on and also Saturn too when it goes into Aries that'll be the time from when when uh, Neptune's also in Aries and you're going to see a huge burst of like the nuclear family individual rights you know less government that kind of thing going against the utopian communistic socialist kind of stuff that we've been seeing going on with the Neptune and Pisces transit well, here's something I found that was really interesting. As you mentioned Karl Marx, and I heard something about him this week. Oh, yeah? He wrote the Communist Manifesto in 1848. In 1848, Saturn 
was at was in Pisces. Neptune had just hit Pisces. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that's so, you know, that and that's like that right there, the Pisces Saturn thing with him writing that. That's him manifesting his idea, his delusional ideas into paper onto a book because Saturn um, kind of like how it shares its malefic um, uh, label with Mars. It's it's a do and and manifest kind of planet. So when Saturn's coming through, it tests you, but also like if you're prepared for that test, right? So say like you're not going to get your ass handed to you by Saturn. Saturn's going to come in and say, "Did you do the work? Mm-hmm. Did you lay down the foundation for yep. what you're trying to do?" So his whole whole, you know, uh MO was to spread communism. So he had his ideas all penciled together and he wrote it down on paper and he manifested it in Saturn and Pisces, which would be the the vibe that he was going for, the Neptune and Pisces kind of vibe. Yeah. Cuz cuz you you got to remember Saturn is the timekeeper. So when you're, you could actually determine uh, sociological trends just by watching Saturn transits. We could remove all the planets on the entire thing, and me and you could go go like decade by decade and give people a basic breakdown of different sociological themes that we're going to see manifest just by the dignity of Saturn. That's how important Saturn is. So, you know, I do think that we're, again, towards the end of the Neptune-Pisces transit, which will be while Saturn's in Pisces as well. Um, we're going to see the climax of the communist kind of stuff. I think that we're going to see a lot more Antifa crap going on. Um, oh, yeah. I, I don't know if Black Lives Matter is going to try to rear its ugly head again, but it's just going to be chaos. We're going to see a communist movement again that's going to pop up, and maybe the government props it because, remember – Hillary Clinton, I believe, also kind of, I'm not going to say she believes it, but she's, you know, they talk a lot about communist ways of living and wanting to turn the United States into something like that. So maybe this could be, you know, a revolution where, once again, we're fighting against those types of forces. Right. Like, wasn't it back in World War II when Germany was half communist and half normal? Yeah. Yeah. So synchronicity of that similar themes i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked and of course hillary clinton wants us to go communist because it's always it's always the people that like want to be you know holier than thou be the one percent that you know gets to decide where money trickles down Mm -hmm. that always are proposing the communist stuff yeah because they want to be like venezuela so Hillary and all her friends can go sit there and eat, you know, five-star dinner steaks while we're trying to get shoes out of the dumpster and try to figure out how to eat leather, that kind of shit, you know, because they don't care about us. But, you know, but, yeah. Ooh, anyway, so let me see where what they have for notes here. Pluto and Aquarius um, transforms uh, August 2020. Oh, yeah, so I was originally telling you that, I didn't see any major hard aspects to Pluto when it goes into Aquarius for the first couple of years. The first major aspect with an outer planet that would be a hard aspect, because um, Pluto really explodes when those kind of aspects happen, would be August 2026, 20, and that'll be Pluto opposition uh, Jupiter, and that'll be when it's obviously in Leo. And wow. It'll be affecting all fixed signs. And so what I was telling you about 
there not being any outer planets. Because remember, the outer planets are setting the tone for sociological change. Yeah. So if if Pluto and Aquarius is supposed to completely revamp and, and rebuild uh, society, then we're going to look and see if it's going to have any challenging um, aspects that are trying to, um, you know, basically stand up to it, trying to reinvent society. So we don't see any of the major outer planets, not Uranus, not Jupiter, not not Neptune, not Saturn, in hard aspect to Pluto. So Pluto is just going to, like, be be like king of the court, be owning the show when it's in when it's in Aquarius for the first couple years. But it's where's Uranus? Gonna, where's Uranus at that time? Uranus will be in Taurus. And even uh, I did fast forward to see if maybe Pluto's going to catch up with Uranus and it won't. By the time Pluto gets anywhere close to where Uranus is even right now, Uranus is going to be way going into Gemini. But well, wouldn't the already. dispositor of the Pluto energy come through in Taurus? Because Uranus is in Taurus. Uh, I mean, it could, it could because yeah, because it could kind of, but it's not going to be conflicting with it. I in fact, in fact, um, with Pluto being in Aquarius and then Uranus, Uranus uh, being in Taurus, there's going to be uh, changes or innovations or restructuring things that are associated with Uranus and Taurus, mm-hmm. which that would be, you know, struct. That would be general structures like um, personal resources. So yeah. pe- people rebuilding their their own uh, supplies of things, making farms, you know, um, getting their own chickens, that kind of stuff. Being more self sufficient is mm-hmm. going to be a lot of what that theme is. But while I'm thinking about what might be expecting Pluto. I did hint at this on my Facebook earlier. Halamea is something we were wanting to talk about, right? Yeah. Halamea takes 25 years to go through a sign. So Pluto will take 19 to 20 years to go all the way through Aquarius. So Halamea just entered Scorpio in December of 2022. So we're actually going to be seeing Halamea and Pluto both is that a, is that a, that's a square, right? Yeah. Is it an opposition or a square? I forget. Hold on. Um, let me, I'm being retarded right now. Hold on. You're fine. Aquarius. The opposite of Aquarius is Leo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a square. Okay. So Halamea and Pluto will be squaring each other through this entire thing, but you're going to love, you're going to love the associations with Halamea. I'm going to go, I'm going to go into that. So, Halamea will be in Scorpio, estimated 25 year transit from 2022 to 2047. Uh, it, Halamea is associated with fresh, new, uh, fresh or new or something is born new, the end result of creativity, deeper introspection, self-reliance, autonomy, uh, Re, uh, revitalization, rejuvenation, renewal, and birth. It's associated with the Hawaiian goddess of creation. And I have a, a website that I referenced earlier, which is a very cool reference. It is the midlandschoolofastrology.uk.co.uk. I have the link on my Facebook if anybody wants to check it out. But I did pull some excerpts from the description of Halamea because that's something that I've needed to kind of learn myself because it's a dwarf planet that I'm not familiar with. But uh, here's some details with it. So when I was teaching myself astrology, 
I focused on the astronomy of the planet itself. If you look at the the characteristics of the the physiological um, characteristics of a planet, and you apply them symbolically, that's how I translate them in astrology. So that's how I kind of taught myself. So I do the same thing with Haumea. So Haumea, it says it's one of the strangest objects found to date in the solar system and very different to the rest of the Kepler, Kepler, Kepler belt objects. She is shaped like a cigar. I actually had to look this picture up. It's weird. It is really shaped weird. It's, it's, the, it's the only non-spherical planet and actually spins over an end, completing a full circle in just under four hours. Wow. So, yeah, her strange shape is, is she has a strange shape and her speed is high that can lead to the conclusion that she is a large piece of what was once one or two planets that have undergone a merging of collisions. So you're seeing when we're looking at this, so she's abnormal. So she's going to have Uranus kind of themes, uh, something that she's uh, her influence is going to be something that's not not typical. And with it being fast meaning that her her energy is going to just, like, from zero to boiling, that kind of thing. I also have Holomaya conjunct my son, and I had a reading from, you know, another astrologer a few years back, and he says, you know your hot temper where you just kind of, like, go off the handle? And I'm like, yeah, I was like, that's Holomaya with your son. And I'm like, wow. oh, okay, I get it, I get it. So, and then it says another strange feature is this dark red spot on one side, which is a stark contrast to the rest of the very shiny icy blue surface. It's suspected that she has a rocky body and is covered in pure ice water, except for this dark red spot. So if you've looked at the, the images of Pluto, Pluto also has similar characteristics. It's got that red spot on it, and then it's got icy lakes. Most mm-hmm. of them are actually gas or poisonous, toxic stuff. But on Halamea, it's actually pure water, they're claiming. So this is the contrast of the large dwarf planets, which are typically um, enriched with methane surfaces. All members of the Halamea family share this water ice uh, spectral feature that is distinct from any others in the Kepril belt. In 2009, it was reported in a, specific, in a scientific paper that Halamea has two moons, called Haki and Nakima, plus eight confirmed family members all broken off her body by the merging impact. So we're seeing chaos, violence, collisions. Uh, she's really fast, uh, abnormal. So you, you see the association she's going to be having with Pluto and Aquarius. She's mm-hmm. going to be bringing a lot of, like, uh, unpredictable um events to the reconstruction of the country. So everybody thinks that we're going towards a communist utopian kind of thing. Even the mainstream news and all these people think that that's what we're going towards, but it's actually going to, it's going to, it's going to go in the exact opposite direction, which will be synchronistic with our Pluto return. And it says, uh, what's even more remarkable when you consider the eight main islands of Hawaii, the myth of Halamea produces eight offspring which are formed by her own body. Halamea has several different guises, all all to do with creating and giving birth. She is a woman and a goddess. Halamea is known as a creative destructive force that cre- that's created from fire, from volcanoes, to form the Hawaiian Islands. So that's another thing, too. We know that Pluto 
is one of the signatures associated with volcanic eruptions. So when you did bring up that it's going into Aquarius and that's the sign that rules Uranus, Uranus and Pluto are two main factors with volcanic eruptions. So if we've got a square to the the Hawaiian goddess, quote unquote, for uh, the planet, that's with Pluto in in the the you know depositor for for uh, Uranus and Taurus. I would expect there to be more massive volcano eruptions during oh, the yeah. time frame as well. I was just about to say that too. Yeah, I mean, cross your fingers, man. Please don't, please don't let Yellowstone be the one that pulls up. No, I hope not because that's the one that's uh, that's had. I mean, I know there's one in Hawaii that's had activity, but Yellowstone has had quite a bit of activity. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm surrounded by um. There's Mount Rainier. Yeah, I was about to say Mount Don't you live near one. Yeah, uh, Mount Rainier, Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood, Oregon, and Yellowstone. I'm surrounded by all of them. So I'm like, please, for the love of God, please don't do this to me. Oh my gosh! <laughs> right. So going on, it says the fire within the volcano is Halamea in her fire goddess form. Uh, the old Hawaiians watched the process of land being formed from volcanoes, and it provided them with a wonderful metaphor or model for understanding how the earth was created. They equated the fire with spirit, which is exactly right in the spiritual terms, and saw that the earth is formed out of the fire, the material form of spiritual force, and this means that the land has an animate nature uh, okay, in the Hawaiian chant, we are all told that Halamea's fable husband, Wakia, I probably butchered that, sorry, became false to her or lied to her out of jealousy and tried to reorder the natural rhythms that she had established. So Halamea in, in uh, Hawaiian mythology, she's like the, the creator of Earth, of Mother Earth. So her husband tried to go back and change her order. And, and he wanted to move the moon's day around and using taboos to stop her crossing her threshold. This is a nice metaphor for how humans and science try to control mother nature. So mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, so this makes me think of, you know, how the, the one world government or whatever, the consensus, they're trying to push us to solar and yeah. wind when we're going into an ice age where we're not going to have a lot of solar activity that's going to power those things and and all that, that's going to blow up in everybody's face and we're going to go back to oil and fossil fuel. Well, we're never not going to leave oil and fossil fuels, but something is going to happen within this time frame because Halamea and Pluto are going to be in the same sign squaring for like, like at least two decades. Right. So Mm -hmm. within the next two decades, they're going to try to establish this whole Green New Deal crap, and they're going to find out it, it failed massively. And we're going to go back to how things used to be. Well, people Wait. right now are returning their electric vehicles. Yeah. Because they can't charge them. They're not working. It's too cold, and they're not turning on. Um, There was one I heard recently where the engine blew, and the guy had spent over seventy grand on hey on on his car, and he's like, "Never mind, I'll go back to gas because I know I'm not gonna have this problem with gas." Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're gonna have to like get water powered cars or something going on, not electric. Yeah. It's not gonna happen, uh, yeah. especially when Uranus goes into Gemini too. Yeah, there's gonna be all kinds of stuff going wrong with AI and. And, oh, I can't even imagine. Anyway, that's another discussion for another time. But 
Uh, let's, where was I? Uh, however, just as her discovery by two astronomy teams at the same time meant that no one could claim her, so the human race may find that they cannot claim or own or control anything that she makes. This is a symbolic representation that we cannot control Mother Nature. Mother Nature will come back and rear its ugly head and put us in our place. Which kind of does, you know, correlate with Revelations and Ragnarok and all that. Mm-hmm. So the chant is very long, but basically says that the primordial soup was readied and then came time, which supported the earth and held the heavens. Yin feminine and yang masculine energies produced all the all manner of things living, which then have a yin and yang gender, including God and goddesses or spirit, which preexisted before man and are brought into being by earthly guises. So everything, including such things as the surf, octopuses, strife, boils, deep holes, is living. For the Hawaiians believe that sacred spirit or deities exist in all things. Halamea is called different names from Lahi Lahi to Papa, showing that she can take on many different guises, morphing from an old woman to a young girl, becoming her own daughter or her granddaughter. We are told that that is Halamea. She is great and fearless and has eight different forms, ranging from shark to goddess or spirit to a human woman. Halamea gave birth to children from her brain, admits slime. So I guess the, the secretions in her brain, she gave birth for, from that. They, w- they would come as chiefs, islands, or human babies. So to, to put it in a nutshell, she is the essence of Mother Nature, transformed into anything. She also rules over fertility in wild plants and forest. And she's also the goddess of childbirth and fire and also the representative of human and family evolution and the symbol of new spiritual awareness. So the whole people like the song I always think about is the age of Aquarius kind of song. We got Pluto that rules the psyche going into the sign of Aquarius. We're going to have it squaring Halamea. So there, so this is going to be affecting everything as, as the symbology for Halamea insinuates she affects the lands, she affects people, she affects spirit, she she affects crops, food. I even read more in terror mythology, I'm not going to read about it, but um, basically like when there's famine, uh, the, the uh, Hawaiian natives would pray to her and she would cause like wild, wild uh, plants that could be edible to start growing in new places so that nobody would ever starve. So... When when things look barren or things have been completely stripped, Halmea comes back and 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 uh, regenerates it. And with it being in the sign of Scorpio, we all know what Scorpio does. It regenerates and grows things from the from the depths. So we have this ascension kind of going on with the Aquarius Pluto. Then we have it squaring this this regeneration signature with Halmea and Scorpio. There's going to be a lot of shit going on. For the next two decades, definitely reshaping and, and uh, reestablishing um, sociological structures. And again, the book even referenced that it's going to be a lot of rebelling against the, what's currently going on. And it's just going to be wild. It's going to be a wild time to be alive. It is. I'm excited. I'm kind of scared, but I'm excited, too. I Yeah, I am, too. I'm scared, but I'm excited. I mean, scared because it's like, okay. What are we going to see on the other side of this whole thing? Right. 
And, and like we, you just said not that long ago, we're going to lose a lot of Pluto and Scorpios. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and there's another person, I think he does human design. He even said that by 2027, we're going to have lost a lot of people. Not all of us are going to make it. And it's like, it's it's scary because it's like the warning's been given and now we're in that period. Yep. Yeah. It's going to be wild. And, you know, yeah. I... I, I'm kind of on the fence about what's going to kill a lot of uh, the Scorpio Pluto people. I think it's a mixture of things. Like yeah. I think part of it is um, like the negativity that possibly Pluto and Scorpio people have that does cause them to do self-destructive things. Um, a lot of them, you know, have health issues regardless if it's like self-inflicted or whatever, like obesity, that kind of thing. Cause you know, our generation is the, the, the social just a lot of the social justice warriors come from our generation. That's what I was trying to say, and those people are the ones that are there, that are the epitome of self destruction, like destroying themselves, destroying everybody else. You know, so I think that a lot of them are. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to off themselves or if they're all going to die from like vaccine side effects. Or I think it'll be a mixture of things. But I, I think at least me and you. Some of some of the sane ones that, you know, can actually see what's really going on, I think we'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Well, doesn't yeah. Scorpio square Pisces? It trines it because they're it both trines water. It. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Because one thing that I had been listening to, because I listened to a lot of, of different people, and the one thing that they talked about with Saturn through Pisces was there was we were going to experience a lot of loss, which you covered that. Yep. Mental health was also going to be a big thing. Yep. I think if anything, that's going to be what takes a lot of people down. The mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because another thing, too, is like we don't have insane asylums anymore. We have mental health facilities, but mm -hmm. those are those are very um, limited on capacities. They don't house people for long term. I know this personally because I've, you know had kids in care that have had to be, you know, committed, that kind of thing. So, like, it, it's a long process. And that was another thing I, I'm I'm kind of thinking will happen when Pluto goes into Aquarius and then we've got Saturn in Pisces. I think this insane asylums are going to have to come back. Oh, yeah. Me mental health is going to be a huge focus for the next few years. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of people are not going to be able to handle you know, this this feeling, like I said, of the fog, the illusion, the not knowing, the the confusion. It's going to be a lot, way too much for some people to handle. Well, well, then think of the scenario, right? So everybody is being programmed to think that they they have a right to a living wage. They have a right to health care, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And that's not how reality works. That's not how nature works. No. So. That delusion is going to be ripped out from underneath them in one way or another, whether the free health care gets taken away, whether like the cost of living continues to go up. And like the only people that can really survive are the people who already had property and, and finances and stuff put away. People who like do communal, you know, multifamily housing or people who have really solid practical jobs. And a lot of these people, especially in our generation, have fallen prey to. These frivolous degrees that do nothing, they're in yeah. debt, and they can't find jobs. So think about it. They think that they have a right to, like, have a nice place to live, to have a living wage, and they're not going to get it. And and they also, a lot of them 
are spiritually inept or have no kind of meaning to life. They don't want to reprocreate. They they don't have any kind of spiritual leanings or, or faith of any kind. They have no hope for the future. They're completely like living on just the idea of creature comforts and indulging in material things. Mm-hmm. So when they get all that stuff taken away from them, what are they going to do? Yeah, They're, they don't. Yeah, they'll probably kill themselves. Really? Uh, or well, yeah, or start hurting other people in the process, which I think is going to be the catalyst to bringing back insane asylums and start locking them down. And 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 unfortunately, the same. The same like uh, path that happened with the insane asylums before is going to happen again because it's not like people started locking the crazy people up and say let's torture them for fun like that wasn't the plan. It's the neglect that where a lot of the abuse came into play. They didn't have enough, uh, you know, um, hospital employees or people to take care of them, or the funding would get cut from some of these mental asylums. And they'd have, like, one person, like, looking after 50 people, and because yeah. a lot of these people are, you know, low-functioning, batshit people for whatever reason, they would have to restrain them to beds and get around to feeding them when they could. And if it was only one or two hospital people assigned to 50-plus people, neglect is going to be an afterthought. It's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. again, eventually it will happen. So if they don't harm themselves, they'll get incarcerated in some sort of mental facility, Eventually, funding will go through or, you know, people will just be abusing them in general and then they'll get abused or die in there. Or think of if we had another plague or pandemic, like if COVID was actually as bad as they try to claim it was and say that. So say we have another plague and then we have mental facilities that are not being kept up with, like cleaning. And, you know, some of these people who are mentally unstable are really dirty and all that. Mm -hmm. Like a plague would just ravage the whole place. Yes. So I'm just like, you know, there's all kinds of potential, like, graphic, sad scenarios for Pluto and Scorpio generation to, like, you know, kick the bucket sooner rather than later. Well, I don't think we're going to get a good gauge of Saturn and Pisces until we see the first seven degrees unfold and then we go retrograde. Yeah. We're really going to get a good picture during the, the, you know, once it hits that zero and goes up to seven. We're going to know right then and there, all of us individually and within ourselves and as a collective, what we're about to face for the next three years. Right. So I'm looking at June 1st, 2023, Saturn's at six degrees. Then it goes retrograde. That's what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then March, February 2024. So about a year from now. Um, Saturn's going to catch right back up to where it was. It's going to be at six degrees of Pisces. And, hey, so exactly February 1st, 2024, we're going to be having a conjunction with Saturn to Hygieia. So I don't know if you use Hygieia very much, but Hygieia is one of the dwarf planets. It's associated with the goddess of health and medicine. (laughs) So um, it basically says uh, it, it has to do with um, issues of cleanliness and health and well-being, illness and disease come under hygiene and the healing process required for restoration and wholeness. So, yeah, that, that, there's going to. I wonder if there's going to be a. I wonder if there's going to be another plague because technically, the signature for plagues that where I originally predicted the COVID thing mm-hmm. was supposed to be Neptune being in Pisces and having some hard aspects with other things, but 
if we have Saturn conjunct Hygieia, which I wonder how long this is going to be going on. Let's see. So speed forward. So for all of flu season, so I would I would assume that we're going to have an aggressive flu season going into 2024. Something to do with a lack of cleanliness causing that. Yeah, because, okay, so wait a second. So Hygieia starts to join up with Saturn in late December of 2023 and then into mid-February 2024. So, yeah, I think we just kind of, like, had a Freudian slip about some a really aggressive flu season coming up, too. So, it, oh, yeah, so think about it. How how many Scorpio Pluto people do you think took the vaccine? Quite a lot of them. Okay, so from that Died Suddenly documentary, they said if you didn't die within the first six months of taking the shot, then you'll survive. You know, at least the the artery buildup and that weird abnormal stuff happening in the mm-hmm. blood. But the the other side effect with taking the vaccine is a, a weakened immune system. Yeah, that was that was actually one thing Spirit told me six years ago. Well, there's been studies put out that if you if you do not have the COVID vaccine, your body has 90 percent immunity towards COVID. Right now, if you get the vaccine, your immunity drops to 50 percent. Right now, if you catch COVID by well, no, within three months of you getting your shot, your immunity now sits in the negative. You have to get your booster, oh, right? No. You get your booster, you're barely up to 30-something percent immunity. Oh, hell so, no. So basically the, the vaccine is lowering your immunity to the, to, the, to the COVID because as these stronger strains come out, your body's not going to be able to fight off the new strain because your body has built zero resistance to the strains already in it. Now, someone that has COVID, I mean, someone that has no vaccine catches COVID, their immunity drops down to maybe 80, 75 percent. But they're protected for at least six months to a year because their body has built those defenses. And when they catch COVID a second time, it's not as bad as the last. How do I know this? Because I've had COVID twice, exactly 12 months apart. Damn girl, I've only had it one time. And I got the monoclonal antibodies after that, so I, I okay. remember. I remember. Yeah. But so the studies have been saying that the flu is actually worse than COVID. Yeah, I, so, I I agree with that. So if the signatures here with you know Neptune and Pisces, and then Saturn being in Pisces, which is also another signature for plagues, I don't remember if it was associated with the Black Death, but something massive. There was Saturn and Pisces. Oh, remember, um, we talked about the Black Death, I believe, during sat, during the, the one of the previous podcasts we did. Yeah, we where did. We discussed all this. Yeah, and yeah, what it was, it was a rest. It was it was something very similar to COVID, except it was bacterial and not viral. Um, the news to do with cleanliness, which yes, the hygiea conjunct Saturn. How I, yes. how I just said that it has to do with cleanliness and illness. Yes, and the CDC just put out a report uh, last week or the week before stating that there was a new stomach virus that's going around that is bacterial and people need to pay attention to. Oh, hell no. And it's already started to make the rounds. Oh, hell no. Children usually get it and get over it. It's adults that are catching it and their bodies can't fight it. So 
what they're advising people to do, and I actually have been doing it for a while, is probiotics. Yes. Gut health is going to be extremely important with this transit coming up. Absolutely. Yes. I've been ta- I've been saying that forever. Girl. Okay. So I, I got to tell you, if you go to first forum website, it's like a, like where you can get protein supplements and stuff. Get the, get the ISO greens like powder. Take that. We've, me and baby have been taking that. And I, I have a mutable Mars that's like square Uranus and all that. So I get sick like almost every flu season. I have not been sick this year. I'm Last surprised. Because I take that stuff all the time. So I take chlorophyll, wheatgrass, and, and like, even my, you know, my mom got the shot, right? Cause she had to. Yeah. And she, and all her coworkers got it. And I've been making her take wheatgrass, chlorophyll religiously. And she hated it at first. But I said, watch mom, it's gonna help your immunity. And, you know, cause she's got pre-existing conditions, plus she got the shot, right? Mm-hmm. She says that all of her coworkers are out of it. They're, they're, you know, calling out sick. They keep getting sick. And she says they just all look really sick. And then a couple of them even asked her, like, why, you know, she's doing so well. Because she was even exposed to them being sick. And she didn't get it anywhere near as bad as them. Like, she felt bad for, like, a day, and that was it. So she's even gotten a couple of her coworkers, like, on board. Like, this is what my daughter gives me. And so it's been helping a lot. And, like, it, it helps, man. You need to... Uh, you know, nourish your gut, guys. That is where like 70 plus percent of your immune system, the strength of it comes is in your gut. Eat your greens, take chlorophyll supplements, get the iso greens powder, the spinach powder, you, you know, even like go to like, you know, outlet stores like grocery outlet or Aldi's or something like that because people can't afford the organic special shit. So that no. stuff always goes to the discount stores when people can't buy it and they have excess of it, that stuff has a shelf life of at least three to four years, guys, because it's powder. Go get it and get it at a discount and take it every day. I'm yep. not kidding. Like, I even used to use garlic and stuff a year, years back. Garlic's got nothing on this. Like, I used to be like, yeah, my immune system's better. But the, but the chlorophyll stuff and the greens, that is the key. And I've been telling people that for years, and that's going to be really important when we're going around towards this next flu season, especially with Yomi saying that it's a, a gut bacterial infection. If your gut is, like, you know, armed to the teeth, then you should do fine pushing through that. Yeah. I mean, and you know, there's no telling. I mean, we, it's already been put out there that the um, COVID was actually, you know, was bioengineered in a lab. Yep. Who's yep. to say that, you know, we talk a lot about this chemical warfare. A lot of yep. people were saying that, and I'm not defending um, the Russians in any way, shape, or form, just using this for context. The Russians and Syrians used, you know, bioweapons on the on on the Syrians. Yep. Who's to say that any country, not even our own country, won't do something to its population for yep. population control? You know, calls what is it? Um, Schwab, the guy from the WEF. Their goal is to do a reset. Mm-hmm. How else do you think they're going to do a reset? The only way for us to get ready is we need to boost up our immune systems right now. Yeah, that's actually what I personally been thinking that uh that well first I think you know the food companies and all that because uh corn is a huge crop in the United States I think like back in the 60s they tried to make it like grains is like the majority of what you should eat because that's mm-hmm. what they wanted to sell 
But then when they started to notice that it was having uh, extensive catastrophic um, results on people's health and their diets, I think they started pushing that more because Big Pharma wants to profit off of it. But now I think it's starting to shift to something else. I think the government wants people to die of, you know, comorbidities at an early age so they don't have a reason to have to give back Social Security. Yeah. Also, Bill Gates bought a ton of farmland and is planning on using Myrna in the pro in the crops that they're growing, which is food that feeds Americans. Yep. Yep. And then also, too, did you know that Ohio is like one of the top, I think it's one of the top five distribution areas for eggs? Yep. And food Ugh. and crops. So mm. I I like I told my husband, I was like, this is going to affect so many people. He goes, you think so? Yeah. If If the crops come out of that state and it's contaminated, mm-hmm. they can't plant anything there this year. Yep. God knows when they can plant any food. Right. That or it's going to be toxic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because uh, even looking at the chart for now, let's see where 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 was Ceres? Ceres uh, is in Libra, but when we go when we fast forward to the beginning of 2024, uh, we see Ceres go into. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? I just saw it in Capricorn. Where? Oh, here we go. Um, yeah, it goes into Capricorn, and this is the an asteroid that's associated with. Come on, where is it? Um, series series can be a factor when there there are eating disorders or problems with calorie control. A link here with food issues. Another aspect to the side is devouring, separation. She also rules crops. So, you know, um, applying the symbolism here, if it's in Capricorn, it's Saturn associated. Saturn's restricting, and that's the time when, you know, crops are not plentiful because that's during December into January. So there will be a it, – it'll be going into 2024. We're going to see a shortage. Yeah, we're going to see crops. more, much more expensive – products at the grocery store and extreme shortages yeah so exactly what you were just saying so we are in feb we are in march they're about to you know go into the season where they're going to grow crops and stuff in ohio there's not going to be a lot of grow growth and i think the media is going to cover that up like they always do oh yeah and then it's just going to manifest in people's reality when they go to the grocery store and there's nothing there and we're going, and I think as a direct result of that, we're going to see just like Whitmer did in Michigan at one point, states banning gardening and states banning the sale of seeds. Dude, that's I what... really think that's going to happen. And I mean, this, I mean, I, I don't want to sound doom and gloom because I say it every month. Right. <laughs> Y'all need to learn how to garden, people. Yes, uh, you know. I can't wait to get my garden started. I'm actually going to get a couple of those, like, um, I know that they're, like, 700 bucks a thing, but I'm going to get those tower, the hydroponic tower things. Those are cool. Because I think that that'll save me money with soil, you know? And Yeah, because soil's pricey. So is fertilizer right now. Right. And, hey, you know, another trick I saw online, which I'm going to try. Um, you know how you can use, like, banana peels in your compost? Yes, I do that. Okay, so instead of doing that, 
what you do is you take a giant mason jar, you take a banana peel, you put it in the mason jar, fill it with water, put it in a dark place. I can't remember how long it's for. I'll have to look it up. But you can use the liquid in there as liquid fertilizer. Yeah. Look up, and even for anybody listening, Creative Explained on YouTube. And he has a ton of hacks just like that one where he will literally show you how to make bone meal, how to make different types of fertilizer, how to make certain plants grow, how to how to propagate a plant to create a new one. I've learned a lot out of that guy's channel. And what did, again, you, what did you call that? Creative Explained on YouTube. Okay, I'll also look that up. That's a good one. The other the other good one is Epic Gardening. You can find yes. that on YouTube. And he I also watch has a book. Too. Yeah, yep. I got his I got his book. That guy teaches you how to grow gardens anywhere. So yes. even if you're living like a little studio apartment in the middle of Boston and you just have like this little like four by four area on your back porch you can still grow some stuff at least a little bit, you know, to help, you know, because yeah. every little bit helps. Another thing, too, with chickens, I mean, I started with a very small coop that I literally, my husband threw together in a day. Now, it's possible for you to build something, you know, even if you do it under your wooden deck, all you have to do is get chicken wire, chicken wire around the bottom of your deck. Yep. You have a home for your chickens. That is endless protein. I mean, get one chicken per person in your household, you will have food every single day. Yes. Yep. I actually just already ordered a, um, I got it from Amazon. It's like a, you know, a big wired fence, yep. like enclosure thing. I'm just going to have to go build a coop. And I'm hunting for chickens, but my whole town, like, is, there's a huge sign at the store that sells the chickens. It says, first come, first serve. We will not hold even if you buy. Go oh, to tractorsupply.com and order them to get shipped to your home. But is there a minimum amount that you have to get? I think it's a minimum of, like, ten chickens. That's what I thought. I don't think I can do ten chickens starting off. Okay. That's a lot. So I'm going to... It is a lot. Yeah, I'm trying I'm trying to, like, um, do some sort of co-op with somebody else here in town. That's to what say, I would do. Yeah, say, like, hey, you want half these chickens? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would. I mean, I have I have six, including a rooster. Now, I've considered doing it. Just because people are constantly hitting me up for eggs. So I'm like, you know, we actually enclosed the chicken coop this weekend. We built a really big fence around it because it used to be a a dog kennel space. Uh So we enclosed it up finally so that they do not attack my garden and eat all my food like they did during my winter gardening. Oh, God. And I'm going to build a much bigger um, coop enclosure for them. Um, so that I could actually get some more chickens in there. Right. Start selling some eggs, girl. I mean, man. Yeah. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Right. Do that entrepreneurship we're talking about. Like, maybe you can right. even make a YouTube channel or write a book or something. Shoot, I got an orchard back there. I just got a cherry tree. I'm so excited. Damn, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a tourist. You got that green thumb shit. Like, I, I have to, like, pray to the gods and cross the fingers and, like, watch stuff every day to be like, please don't die. Please I used to kill plants. I'm shocked that I've been able to grow stuff the last two years. Okay. Oh, good for you, girl. Good for you. (laughs) (laughs) I, 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 you know what? I must thank my Capricorn husband and his Saturnian energy has really helped me push through this and learn. So my advice to people, if you're like really freaking lost right now with Pisces, 
find you a Capricorn. They've been through the fucking ringer between Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter the last few years. They're ones that, they're the ones that can tell you, pick yourself up, brush yourself off and keep pushing because it's not, you know, it's, you have no other choice. They're the people to learn from right now are the Capricorns. Capricorn people have always been the most grounded. I mean, that's what they're known for. But yes. they're also, that's also like the, the other side of that is that they're boring usually. But Girl, you know what? Lying. You know what? Sometimes freaking boring <laughs> and is better for the stability's sake. That's what I used to, that's what, you know, my husband always says that too. He's, he used to tell me, he's like, I'm boring. And I was like, I love the stability. Shut up. No, I mean, I'll put it to you like <laughs> this. I've had personally in my life the experience of having a relationship with a cancer and then experiencing a, a relationship with a Capricorn. I will tell you, I would much rather deal with a Capricorn, as boring as they can get, than deal with a Cancer. because a, and, and that's, you know, the complete opposite of the Cap. So, yeah, yeah no, I I will gladly, gladly stick to my Cappy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, they, I, I trust anybody who has, like, a strong, strong Capricorn, you know, um, dominant chart or whatever yes. Capricorn people like and you know yeah I'm kind of like yeah they have no sense of humor and they're kind of dull but you know damn you know you the you can't you can't pass up the stability especially with how crazy everything is now mm-hmm. but anyway. and they have experience they they they've lived through some of the possibly the harshest shit in life possibly that we cannot even imagine so they're built for survival Right. That's how I see it. They have the knowledge, the wisdom, and the experience to get through anything. So, yeah, absolutely. And is your your hubby, like, in our generation, too, is around our age? Yes. So he's he, got, got that Neptune and Capricorn, too, which, like, really grounds him. Yes. He's got the Neptune and Cap. Um, so, I mean, we're only a few months apart. So, I mean, yeah. Same nice. generational pl- um, placements and everything. Nice. Nice. You got you got a good one. <laughs> Everyone tells me that. I'm like, thank you, y'all. <laughs> That's awesome. Drives me nuts. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they always do put you in your place, too. But, I mean, that just comes with the territory. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I said, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, I, my life transforms so much. So, yeah. Get you a cappy. Yeah. Also, another thing I thought of when, and I just totally rethought about it. Um, so us being Scorpio Pluto, uh, what degree are you in? Are you, you're like towards the beginning, right? Well, what's crazy about mine, mine's in retrograde at, right at zero Scorpio. Wow. Okay. So like, I, I think mine's at like seven, but even though Uranus has gone a little bit beyond that at this point, we're still, you know, experiencing an orb square to Uranus. So, oh, yeah. It's not just us specifically, but like all other Scorpio Pluto people, especially towards the the later millennial people, they're going to start feeling that really hardcore. Um, yeah. And so like um, we had the Uranus Pluto square in 2015, where it was really expl- it won't be as explosive per se because they're in fixed signs, but like so think about the abnormality with Uranus and then Pluto uh, be associated with the psyche that. Oh, so that kind of ties into the whole hysteria and the climaxing of the mental gymnastics and stuff. So as Uranus gets further uh, through the degrees in Taurus, we're going to be seeing more mental instability, too, with everybody Pluto Scorpio. Wow. 
Yeah, and I th- I do think they get crazier the further you go into the Pluto Scorpio, you know, uh, degrees. Because, I think so because yeah. the beginning of in and and this is something me I've noticed the beginning millennials we're not part of that trophy generation. We're not part of that gimme gimme gimme. I deserve. I deserve. I deserve. Yeah, we work hard for what we have. We're just in that in between phase. Right. So I agree with you on that. Let me look something up real quick. Scroll Aren't we getting ready to go through our Pluto squares? Uh, Pluto squared of what? Early oh. degrees, Pluto Scorpios. Oh, no shit. Oh, wow. Damn it. See, and I thought I was going to be clear from Pluto for a while, like doing stupid shit. No, girl. I, oh, I, I realized man. I was getting ready to hit Pluto square. I'm like, oh, my God. Dude. As I if I haven't had enough. Dude, I didn't even think of that. Hold on. Hold on. Let me... I'm putting this in real quick. Let's see. Just give me just give me the turn. I want to rewind that fast. While you do part. that, I do want to read Aquarius Zero Degrees for okay, Pluto. Okay, go, go for it. <laughs> um, Where is it? Okay. Directors of a large firm meet in secret conference. This symbol shows meeting with others in order to lay out plans. To have secret meetings of people, people that are often VIPs in some way or at least in charge of decisions or governments or empires. The directors meet, they conference or just conference call, exchange views, ideas, and gossip. There may be decisions to be made or plans to be laid out. Do you make all your decisions on your own or do you need help? You can often call on the relevant knowledgeable friends or authorities as you're bound to know them or how to meet them. And you'll iron out the details. Sometimes, however, you may feel shut out by those in charge. Masterly control, sharing innermost secrets, confidential information, the big guys, calling the shots, governments and secret spies, strategies, having a say, councils and doors, excluding those affected by decisions, exploiting people or situations, being kept in the dark, Gossip, loose, loose lips, refusal of entry, and the glamour of big business. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. I'm trying to speed forward to see, what do you, if you were going to guess, what do you think causes the participation trophy, like, I deserve all this signature in the later mm-hmm. millennial people? What do you think? Because I'm fast forwarding to see if I can. Let me look at symbols here. 20 degrees. Because they still have Uranus and Neptune in Capricorn for most of Pluto Scorpio generation. I want to say it's the last bit because we didn't start hearing about participation trophies till I was a teenager. So it would have been the late 90s. Yeah, I think I... Early I think, 2000s. I think I got my first participation certificate like when I was in middle school or like... The last year of elementary school, which would have been 1996, 1997. So right after, right. So basically when Saturn went into Aries. So let's, yeah, let me, let's do years. Months is going to take too long. Okay. So what have we got? So those are the, the last time that Pluto was in Scorpio was 1994. 
And then what's going on there is, uh, what's, where's Uranus? There's still, okay. I wonder if it's Sagittarius people. It's like Pluto Sagittarius people that are like that. Cause yeah, cause 1996, we have Pluto and Sag. Childish. Well, yeah, okay. I, maybe it's not Pluto Scorpio people. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, the it maybe, it may be Pluto Sag. Yeah. Cause then I see, we also have the South Node in Pisces, Virgo. Don't want to hurt people's feelings, that kind you of said thing. said 96? Yeah. We roll up in there. 96. We also had the trans-Pluto aspect in Leo, which is all about, like, me, 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 and that's, uh, yeah. But I, I would definitely... Let's see. We'll see the south node was in Aries in July of 96. And July and Aries is a lot about the ego. Like right now, you know, like I said, well, we were talking about with the United States, Chiron in Aries return. Right. It's very much a conflict of the ego, who we are, what we are. And it almost with Aries there having the south node, it's almost like a temper tantrum of sorts. Yeah. And, and also, then, of course, Saturn being in that sign, it's the father giving in. Yes, that's what I was going to say, too. Also, too, um, Saturn is like your lifelong challenge. So whatever that dignity is, is something that you're going to stru- uh, struggle with. So in Aries, it's all about being number one, being competitive. Mm-hmm. So them looking at aspects from that would be... There's there's an aspect to Jupiter and Capricorn then that Jupiter and Capricorn would also be signifying like parental figure. Um, yeah. And I guess the South Node. Yeah. So I think it's a combination really of Pluto and Sagittarius and Saturn and Aries. Yeah. Like what I think is really cool, too, is there's Chiron in this chart conjunct the North Node. So it's like they're being forced as adults to face all of this. Yeah, so Chiron conjunct the North Node in Libra. There's that like wound for fairness. There yeah. it is. There it they're, is. They're, yeah, they're they're being made to face it, and they're not they're not going to transcend it until they until they they get over it, but so to speak. Right. Question is, will they get over it? Because Pluto is in zero degree Sag at that point too, right at zero degrees retrograde. They will this never is, get over it. Mm-mm. It's just going to be something that they're going to, like, again, like, some of them will just, like, you know, completely self-destruct. Some of them will just, you know, give up or that sort of thing. I I don't know. Or they'll continue. The ones that do survive will just try to cheat. Yeah. So I think the very last leg of Pluto Scorpio, maybe the ones that have it retrograde. Yeah. Going into Sag are the ones that are going to have that signature. Oh, I'm going to say something controversial. Not like that's a big shock. So Uranus and Aquarius, that is the signature for transgender, right? I was I literally, ne- I was looking at those earlier. And then Neptune's right there at 26. Yeah, so think about this. So people cheating and, you know, doing weird, unconventional stuff, you know, to get participation trophies or whatever. Makes me think of Leah Thomas with, like, the swim meet in, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Stuff yeah. like that. Like, and that that's the argument coming back about... Like trans women playing in women's sports, because mm-hmm. you notice that like it's not trans men playing in men's sports and dominating it; it's trans women. So like, 
it's almost like that them doing that is another layer of this whole finding a way to be number one, uh, you know, because they want to win. Oh, God, that's crazy. Pull up this chart. July 1st of 1996, 10 a.m. your time. July 1st, okay. Nope. 1986? Yep. Okay. At what time? 10 a.m. For, for your area. 10 a.m. Okay. Only because I'm seeing a lot of shit in this chart. Okay, apply. Okay. Okay. So we've got the Venus and Mars aspect touching Neptune. Oh, yeah. All right. So there's that signature. Then you have the sun and the moon in opposition. So there is a... A personality conflict. Personality conflict. And then Jupiter conjunct that moon. So it's... Exaggerating it. Yeah, it's... I'm thinking of the Giphy of, remember when Trump won, you know, the pussy hats and their meltdowns? No! That's exactly, hey, that one, that one. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's almost like, because the sun's in the 12th house, it's almost like they feel like they have to hide who they are. They, usually when the sun is in the 12th house, they have no self-awareness and also... That explains um, it then. Yeah, and they also have no idea how they express themselves. Like, I guess that ties into the lack of self-awareness, but th- their identity is completely lost. So what they do is... the transgender they, thing. Yeah, but they project the emotion out to the world. Yep. Is what they're doing. They're projecting the emotion, and then they also don't know how to communicate their confusion. Yep, and also with the moon con- um, in an orb conjunction to, to Neptune right there, Neptune mm-hmm. being associated with, like, sociological, like, collective, they're blaming society. Yeah. That's what, uh-huh. yeah, that, that's how it is. Oh, my God, I can't believe we just went into this rabbit hole. <laughs> and we're supposed to go into it either. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and you see how, like, it's got this huge, like, um, it's not a kite, it's a, it's a grand square. It's huge. And then, Saturn, yeah, and then there's a cross. Yeah, so that's part of the grand square, yeah. So, uh, because there's a there's a square and then the grand square which is the the cross involved so there's Saturn okay. to Chiron and then the Moon and and Jupiter and Neptune to the Sun and Vulcan right there too Vulcan has uh, the associations with Vulcan supposed to be spiritual so like digging deep for spiritual meaning so the fact that that's next to the Sun in the twelfth house of like being completely you know inept or unaware of what's going on means that they have they have no clue about their spiritual side at all. No. Which that's one of my theories actually I had a while back. I said I said, you know, I really think the transgender thing is manifesting from like we're we're collectively we're going through a spiritual awakening, you know, the age of Aquarius kind of thing. And yeah. the people that are so like their IQs are so low and they're so programmed and they're just so socially inept and stupid, they don't know what a spiritual awakening is if it slaps them in the face. And no. When they're feeling that they're searching for a different person or a, a different, you know, part of themselves, like even the soul. Uh, I think Jordan Peterson recently talked about this. He says if they if the transgender argument was going to make something like they feel that like their soul's in the wrong body and that's yeah. why they want to be like somebody else, that would make sense. And that's actually what I think. I I, I think partially they're they're picking up on maybe past life stuff 
or they're picking up on like ener- spiritual energy that's around them and they're identifying the gender of that and they're m- manifesting it into their own identity because they have no idea who the fuck they are. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But but the cool thing with Holomana too being into Scorpio and this whole Pluto thing going into Aquarius is that there's going to be a new spiritual renewal because I mentioned how Hygieia is associated with new spiritual awareness. So yeah. maybe the people who don't like do some crazy destructive thing and you know go off the go off the edge here, maybe they'll actually wake up. That would be nice. That would be nice. I don't know what's gonna happen, but we'll see. I'm like we'll give we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Good luck, guys. Well. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up because I think we're going on like we're going like into the two hour mark already. Yeah, we are. Okay, all right. So we're gonna go, guys. I hope y'all enjoyed this. I we enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, we did. All right, and y'all got an extra because we dived into this rabbit hole we weren't anticipating. So. But you know Enjoy what? that. People but people have been saying they love that though. So woo-hoo. I know. I like it too because it's like, you know, I also learn at the same time when we do this, so it's like, hell yeah. Yes. And I stumble onto like things that I wouldn't have thought of before because my psychic thing works if I'm talking. So like some ideas just kinda pop into my head uh, bouncing off you and I'm just like, Yes, wait a minute, hold on. This thing makes total yep. sense. So Anyway, you guys are getting gold here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night, Yomi. Good night, guys. All right. Good night, y'all. All right. I'll-